This is a journey into sound. I know what you pinko, heavy metal weirdos do. You are locked into MSR Cast, brought to you by Mainstream Resistance. If you like corporate bullshit, listen to commercial radio. If not, stay tuned. Fuck the mainstream. Hi, this is James Avera. I'm going back to old school. MSR cast? Oh, come on. Yes, we've been around for a long time and we're not going away. This is James Avera from Hellstar. Support your local scene. Hi there, this is Andy Darius from Halloween and we are on MSR Cast.
Welcome, everyone, to episode 150 of MSR Cast. I am one of your hosts. I am Carrie G. And I am JM Metal Geek. Or just JM. I forgot on, what show on I'm this on show. for a second. <laughs> you, can, you can be JM Metal Geek on every show you want to be on, man. Yay! So, um, welcome to part two of our 2013 Rewind all the way in February. And if you're listening to this after February, hey, welcome. <laughs> we had to bring um, our very special guest back to cover all the metal from the past year. Welcome back to the show, the Metal Pigeon himself, Sean. Hello, everybody. Hello. You, you, you didn't do it in the Simpsons voice. <laughs> Hello, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. See, I don't even need any alcohol. Fair. <laughs> um, so let's get into the first song we just got in. We just played um, something that myself and JM both picked out, and that is from the brand new Carcass. And I think I'll, I would be safe to say that every fucking metal journalist in the world picked this album too. Oh, I think so. Yeah, I think so too. What it was your opinion, Sean? Did you hate it? No, I loved it. It was um it was definitely on my top ten. And uh my favorite song on it was that um what was it, three six one something something? Right. What a fantastic song, but the the one you picked was great too. Yeah, it's uh it definitely has that, you know, that heartwork style vibe to that track. Yeah. And that's what I like about the album, because it it has a lot of that, you know, the heartwork, you know, melodic stuff the way what they were going but there is there's a little bit of I'm not, not going all the way back to the beginning of their career but has a little bit of their their old school you know grindage in there too and the just the brutal brutalness of them yeah it seems like they they sort of picked the best elements of of everything they could have gone back to um i don't think anyone is, was expecting them to sound completely like uh you know um gore grind or, 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 you know, pure grind right. or anything like that. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a great combination of their, you know, all their styles. And I don't think anybody was like really expecting the album to be that good. It's like, Oh, okay. It's another comeback album from a band, you know, but it, it blew everybody away. It makes you yeah. think that like at the gates coming back with a new album, uh, or the announcement of a new album is, is based right. on how successful Carcass was. You, you got to think so. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, there, there's some money to be made somewhere. Well, you know, not it's, much. Yeah, but. I was gonna say I don't think there's <laughs> very much money involved in it. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, I'm not the biggest Carcass fan, but this album was absolutely phenomenal. Um, I use that a lot as a term to describe an album, but. If I say it's phenomenal, it's fucking phenomenal. 
<laughs> that is pretty phenomenal that you would yeah. say that. Yeah, and it's the truth. Um, yeah, it was. I actually I listened to this album more than any other of the comeback albums. I know that we listened to Gorguts in yep. the last uh, episode, but Carcass's uh, comeback album was fucking spot on. I would agree. I mean, yeah, uh, the Broken Hope put in a, a, reu- uh, a reunion album out together. I guess you can call it a reunion, but, yeah, you know. It, it's nice that all these old school death metal bands can, you know, find room and just kick the ass of all these faux death bands that have their shirts on Hot Topic. Yeah, that's kind of funny you say that, too, because I was literally just thinking that. It's like, these guys, yeah, these guys are sitting in the back just waiting for the perfect time to come out and say, okay, no, this is how you really fucking do metal, guys. Exactly, you you fucking youngins. Get off my yawn. Yeah, I, I, I think that a lot of times some bands just, I mean, unless you're Devin Townsend, who you can write, like, I mean, I, I don't know if this guy's got, like, some sort of Asperger's or something, but he he's just always perfect with everything he's doing. Like, he consistently yeah. write albums, but sometimes I think that some of these... Um, current metal bands they just uh put stuff out there just to get their name out you know yeah i heard they did a uh a phenomenal show on the uh, 70,000 ton a couple weeks ago who's that carcass yep didn't we have a couple of friends on that too? we did have a couple of friends on that show on that on that cruise and uh we're, we're gonna have to get them on the show and talk about it yeah that get them on both shows actually i'd like to have yeah. them both on there That'd be pretty cool. Um, uh, one of these days, I'm gonna get on that that ship. We need, to, yeah, we need to do it, man. I mean, how? I've actually I know never been a, on a cruise before, so yeah, really. neither have I. Yeah, I've been on many, many fucking cruises, but never a fucking like four day metal fest cruise, you know. And from and one of our good friends played on that show on that on that ship. It was November's Doom playing. I would have loved to have been on that on that to see him, you know. Yeah, absolutely, man. God, but. Do they have you know, these... Ahab on that at all? Captain Ahab? No, 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 the band Ahab. <laughs> I don't know. God, that would be so perfect. They'd have to be playing in the middle of the night. like. Well, you know, some of these, if you look at the um, you know, different schedules that these bands play, they play like two sets a night. They play like, you know, and they play like, it would go all the way from like early morning to like four in the morning every day. Wow. There was like three different stages and they were it was pretty, it's pretty crazy, man. Jesus. But, I mean, you had bands that were pulling out shit that they never played live, like Fear Factory did, like, Demanufacture in its entirety, and... Jeez. You know, you had... Leaves Eye, Leaves Eyes were already on there, so Atrocity jumped on, because, like, they had to, like, bring, like, one extra person. There's the other band, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty wicked. Maybe one year we should go. I mean, Miami's not that far from you, huh? Well, actually, it's uh, four hours. It's closer than me. <laughs> <laughs> we can meet in the middle of the golf. How about that? Right. Well, that, that'd be a straight line is quicker, isn't it? Yeah. Instead of going all the way fuck around Florida, come on. <laughs> America's wing. Were you there a couple years ago when Carcass played here in Houston back in, I think it was like 2008? Uh, Are you talking about that? Uh, Texas Death Fest. The one put on by Pusshead or whatever his name was. Yeah, you were at that show, right? I did not go to the show. No, okay. I. Yeah, I remember that. There was, was like there was like 150 bands playing. There was that was their um, that first tour they were doing in the U.S. and I was I was there thinking like 
well, this is great, you know, to actually see Carcass. I never thought that would be possible for me. And True. never thought they'd get an album. Never thought that when they got an album, it would be this fantastic. Um, it's it's amazing to think, like, that was 2008. They waited five years. Maybe At The Gates was on to something, like, you know, come mm-hmm. back for a while, tour, kind of feel it out, get get a perspective on things. And, like, you see how Carcass does. Okay. Because At The Gates did that as well, too. They yeah. did, they've done a little bit of touring recently. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we saw At The Gates in, like, 2009 or 2008 or something like that as well, so. Yeah. It's not like they've been really defunct. They just haven't put a new album out. Right, yeah. That's true. Okay, guys, you ready for my uh, my segue of the evening? Yeah. Go for it. Okay, so we just talked about the 70,000 tons cruise ship. Mm-hmm. Guess who else played on that? Uh, Orphaned Land. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and surprisingly, that that's the band we have coming up next. Yeah, um, yeah, man, this album was picked by both Sean and myself, and um, the album is called All Is One. The track that we picked is called All Is One. Um, go ahead and give us some Orphan Land information, there, Sean. Um, well, this is a band that, at least for me, like one of the more unique bands in metal. Um, from Israel, they do a blend of, uh, of I guess you could call it oriental sounds with metal. Mm-hmm. It's it's very kind of Arabic music with uh, Progr- progressive and progressive, very, yeah, with some yeah. Judaic influences. Oh yeah, they're, definitely. They're one of those bands. Well, when their album two thousand in two thousand four, Mobile came out. I remember like getting into it at the time it came out and being blown away. And that album did for me as a music fan more than any other metal album I can think of because it opened my my palate up to like other non metal stuff like okay, you know, like now I can listen to to um you know, native folk music or or different, you know, music of other cultures and it kind of opened my mind up. Um sure. Grow I gotta you know, I gotta say growing up in that religion, uh, you know, the Judaism and a lot of the, the vocal melodies and the and the sounds in the band are very true to you know, traditional, you know, Jewish music. Yeah. And it's it's really cool how they can mix that into, you know, you know, progressive, their heavy metal style. And if you want to hear a great interview, <laughs> go back 11 episodes of this here podcast, uh, MSR cast, uh, episode 139. We actually, I actually got to interview uh, Kobe and we talked all about that stuff. And the, the coolest thing about the band is their listenership, their fandom is so wide and varied considering how religious in nature, some of the music can be interpreted. Right. They have a lot of Arabic fans. It seems like most of their fans are based in Turkey and um, other Arabic countries. Like they're really, really big in Turkey. Um, They've been giving a peace prize in Turkey, I, I think. And, um, wow. Some of their their biggest audiences are in Egypt right. and stuff like that, where they can't actually go there and play, but they have fans there who boot you know through the uh, black market there, or they're just bootlegging through the internet. Um, the thing with Orphan Land was that the reason why this album made my both my 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 best album list and this song made my best um, songs list was that I sort of soured on them with the last album they did. Um, the never-ending way of Or Warrior. I didn't think mm-hmm. I, 
in retrospect, I do enjoy the album. It just when it came out, it, it was sort of like a disappointment compared to Mobile, which was such an uh, an impactful album on my music life. Right, right. I I totally agree on that. In retrospect, I mean there was yeah. good there was good tracks on it, but it. It sort of fell short. Yeah, I enjoy it more now, having listened to Always One, going back to the album, going, okay, now I see what they're trying to do. But with Always One, mm-hmm. this album is about as close to Mobile as they could have gotten, and it's different than Mobile. It's more, um, it's more simple. It's more streamlined. The songs are more direct, and they, the, the track we're going to play, I think, uh, is Always One, is the title track. And it's almost got this kind of blind guardian element to it in the chorus where it's like this mm-hmm. surge of choral voices. And I love the fact that the song is very uh, just simple but powerful. It's like they it's like they sort of had addition by subtraction and they made it work. Yeah, I, totally. I'm totally on board with you. There. So uh, let's go ahead and get into the tr- track we're talking about. All is one from Orphanland. <laughs> Please. 
Welcome back from that awesome block of music. See, I, you know, I don't even know how those DJs can do that. Like, All right. <laughs> maybe that's why they have so many commercials. Um, the song you just heard was a song that I actually picked out, um, Volbeat. Now, I know that that's a little bit of a mainstream band. Um, probably, I think everybody else picked this fucking song too, or this album in general. But uh, that was room mm. room twenty four. Right. This is the the track with the legendary King Diamond. Which is cool about this is this song itself was nominated for a Grammy, which doesn't really fucking mean anything. But right, it was nominated. So King Diamond actually was nominated. And the way the Grammys treated the metal this year was fucking horrendous. But we won't go there right now. Right. Right. I, I agree on the song, the album. Okay, here's my thing about Volbeat. I like him to a certain extent, but the more I hear him, the more I get annoyed of him. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, let's let's read my um, my entry here verbatim. My song yeah. was picked. Uh, it's Volbeat with King Diamond, Room 24, parentheses, JM, parentheses. Fuck the album. <laughs> this is one of the best all year. Uh, yeah, I couldn't have said it better right there. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a King Diamond fan, and I, I definitely think that it's great to hear him on a, a modern song. Um, I wish that he would be able to get in with more, like, I don't know if you remember the Real Rider United album that was put together. Yes, yes, I love that album, Yeah, actually. I'd love to hear that song, you know, the, the style that, um, I think it was Matt Heffy or whatever his name is, he put together with King Diamond um, yeah, that song would be perfect for them to kind of like use as a, a template to to make an entire album. Because I, I I miss hearing newer King Diamond songs. Totally agree, man. And you know, it's not that I I just I, I really hate Volby, but you know, in Mike was a Michael Polson. Yeah, he has a good voice, but it's weird. Stuff just gets, it gets old and repetitive sometimes. Yeah. I actually heard something just about him today because I was watching some videos of uh, Phil and Salmo. Mm-hmm. Apparently, we might want to watch what we say about Volbeat because apparently this dude can scrap. Uh, the really? vocalist, yeah. Even Phil, uh, Phil and Salmo said after they asked him um, who is the one person in music that he wouldn't want to fight, and he said the singer from Volbeat. He's been sparring with some pretty Im- impressive uh, boxers. So he said this guy can hit like a mule. So, <laughs> um, well, we love Volbeat. Yes, fucking love your album, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know what? No. I, but you know what I will say about Volbeat is that like, I do think this last album what was it Outlaw Gentlemen Shady Ladies. Right. Yeah. I do think it was the best thing they have done so far, and there are a couple of songs in there that I, when they come up on iTunes, I don't switch them off like. I'm like, okay, yeah, I, I, I can get into this. I mean, I think too much of it at one time is probably... Yeah, you know, I think there were a couple of songs at a time type of band, you know? Yeah, but I, I, I love his performance on the Iced Earth uh, Highwaymen cover. I think he's fantastic on there. Yeah, man. No, that was cool. But, There's... yeah, I, I didn't mean to make it awkward with the whole Volbeat thing, guys, but, you know, it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm looking over my, my shoulder now. Yeah. Make sure he's not behind me. 
All right, so um, be- <laughs> before we heard Volbeat with the the legendary King Diamond, who is actually a Texan, um, we heard a band that's not from Texas. That is a Stradivarius. Mm-hmm. Um, the track that I picked was Abandoned, and this is, of course, from the 2013 release, Nemesis. And I really think this new album has a lot more darker overtones to it. Like this, the way that the keyboards play and the music, it's, it's, I'm a huge Stradivarius fan and I wasn't even remotely interested in the band until like a couple of years ago. And it, when I first got started getting into Stradivarius, there's this dude that I know I was talking to him about him. He's like, Oh, you know, I don't really listen to him anymore. And here, take my whole collection. Oh, you remember that geez. guy, Sean? Yeah, I remember him. That was you, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this this dude right here gave me his whole Stradivarius collection. I'm not talking like three or four CDs. This is like 14 or 15 CDs, man. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, what happened was that I that was around the time when I really got full-blown into Camelot and stuff like that and Seventh uh, Wonder and mm. all those bands just sort of ruined Stradivarius for me because lyrically speaking, they're on another level and Stradivarius is like way down here. And, and <laughs> honestly, that's not really fair to make that comparison. I, I do like Stradivarius. They have some great songs, but like they have some real terrible stuff too. And I think a lot of that was Timo Tolki's fault. I think... From what I've been hearing, that the new stuff is worth checking out. I, I yes, indeed. I haven't listened to this new album. Admittedly, um, I did listen to the last one, um, but um, I didn't mind the song you guys you, that you picked. Uh, I thought it was okay. Okay. Yeah, um, I'm glad you didn't mind it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh. No, it's, no, it's a good album, dude. I mean, I I see your point about you know. About with a Timo Tolki, whatever his name is. Yeah, I I've listened to some of his solo stuff, and yeah, it I can definitely see where you're coming well, from. Well, what happened with me was that the the Elements albums. Remember those Elements Volume One, Volume Two. Yes. Like the album before those two albums was Infinite, and that was a near perfect uh-huh. power metal album. That was a fantastic album. It had Hunting High and Low, um, A Million Light Years Away. And then, oh, yeah. and then, you know, that album coupled with Visions a couple of years before that and Destiny, those were great, three great records. But the Elements albums really started to to take their sound into this, this super uh, weird, awful direction. And then when they did the self-titled album after they had gotten back together after all that craziness happened, um, like around 2004, they did that self-titled Stradivarius album where they had that Maniac Dance song on it. I I don't mind that album, dude. That's where I bailed. <laughs> I actually bought that album and I regretted it, and that's where I bailed. Yeah, I remember you you found that one later, and you're like, oh, you forgot to take this piece of crap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't mind that album. I I guess I might be one of the uh the few then, but you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Um, no, it's a great, it's a good album, dude, and I can definitely see the your point there. But you know, it's just it's fun, you know, power metal. It's progressive power metal with a lot of keyboards involved, and I dig the hell out of that stuff. Yeah. You know, I I think the reason I picked this song the most is here's a weird reason is when I I have this album on my iPhone right, and every time I plug it into my car, it when you don't have it on random or whatever, this goes it goes to the very first track alphabetically on your on your iPod. 
And this track is the one that goes to every time I plug it into my car before I change it to something. <laughs> Mine is an ABBA song. <laughs> there, see, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> so. And uh, let's move on. I guess enough Stradivarius. <laughs> um, Orphan Land was right before that. Yeah. Um. Awkward silence is never good on a podcast. You know, the the only other thing I can add about the Orphan Land album is that I sort of debated whether we should play Brother instead of Always One. Brother is a great track, too, yeah. It might be the best song in the album. I think that Always One is the more representative song of the album. Mm-hmm. But it encompasses their, their style more. Exactly, and, and it sort of also not only encompasses their style but it sort of hints at what they're getting at now with just more kind of power metal influence creeping into their sound um and i mean that in a good way i mean power metal can be used as a bad term but i in my eyes it's a good thing not in my eyes either <laughs> but in in brother the song brother it's it's like this kind of quasi ballad that was lyrically maybe the best song of the year of any band um and yeah. I sort of, I sort of regret not not for us not playing that. But I, everyone listening to this needs to go check that song out. I, I think check out the whole album definitely. Man. Yeah, yeah. It is. It did make you know. If I would put a number on something, it definitely makes my top ten. Yeah. Bummer. We were talking earlier. It's a bummer about Yossi uh, leaving the band. I, I just right. I, I hope that, that this is like a temporary thing and that by the time they get around to writing the next album he'll be back in the band as a writing partner. Like Yeah. Go tell tell everybody who he is. He's like one of the original members and and wrote a lot of the music together with the guys. Yeah, he's the original he's the founding member alongside uh vocalist uh Kobe Farhi. Um Yossi Sharon, I guess that's his last name, Sharon. He um he, Are you asking the Jew? He is the <laughs> <laughs> he he is basically, in my opinion, like one half of the band. I mean, it's always been him and Kobe throughout the entire history of the band, dating back from the early '90s. So, for, um, for him to just step away from it, they have a good guitarist with them now named Chen Balbus, who did great work on the new record, but. I just feel like okay, even if you don't want to tour, like if if like you have a day job, and I understand all that kind of stuff, like at least get into the writing process for the new album, and just be be like a writing partner with the band. You know, it's too much talent to go to waste. Was that the reason why he didn't want to be in the band anymore? I I I speculate yes, because he's had to sit out a lot of the tours. Um, when the band comes over to you know the United States, for example, he tended to not be there. So um, that's that's what I suspect is the reason. That is true because they came through the state maybe what four years ago, five years ago. Yeah. Uh, with with a swallow the sun and somebody else I can't remember. Um, Catatonia maybe. Yeah, something like that. That which was a was a fucking amazing show, but he wasn't there. Yeah. No, that's right. Yeah, he's he's he sat out a couple European tours, and I think because he has a job as like a programmer or a computer engineer type guy, and it's like okay, I understand. Like, you can't sacrifice your day job, but you can always be involved sure. in the writing process. I know he just released a solo album, so 
Oh, did he? I don't know what that how that plays into it, but nah. he can be like he can be like the fifth Beatle. Yeah, or, or you know, be like <laughs> um, Paul O'Neill with with sabotage. You know, I was thinking that too. Yeah. <laughs> so let's uh, move on to the next uh, batch of songs that we we have for our 2013 rewind of MSRcast. Um, Hypocrisy Man put a a killer new album out. I really like I I love the production of everything that he puts his, you know, Peter Tatron puts his hands on, really. Yeah. But particularly this album, the the bass sound is so up front and in your face, and it mixes so well with, like, the heavy guitars. And his vocals on this album are fucking heavy. But the songs are catchy as hell. And it just makes for a perfect combination of, you know, hypocrisy to me. And, and there's no aliens ironic. on the cover. That's ironic too. Why is it ironic? Because it's uh, hypocrisy that it <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> no, uh, I haven't listened to the album in entirely, but um, I did preview it on um, brand new to Spotify. By the way, I yes, finally sir. got finally. an account. Yeah, and uh, I did. I did preview uh, a couple songs, but. Uh, I, I definitely heard it. Uh, it makes it easy, doesn't it? Yes, it does. <laughs> it really does, man. The only thing I don't like about it is how much data it's going to be sucking onto my cell phone bill. But mm, yeah, otherwise, it is a really, really fucking cool program, and um, you can actually follow you. Um, not you can follow you, but people who are listening can follow you and me, right? And yeah. um, you can hear, you can probably hear some of this, uh, these albums that we're talking about on there. Exactly, yeah. Um, go to Spotify, look for, we never really talked about it on the show because I don't know why, but you can look for Carrie MSR Cast Gordon, which is me. Um, you can follow what I listen to and I make playlists all the time and I, I just have a lot of fun with it. And what and your name on there is John Michael Hurls. Yeah, that's my, my full name. Yeah. Yeah, our full names. Uh, I guess we'll start putting uh, those links into our show notes, maybe. Yeah, it'd be a good idea, because um, like this album, uh, some of us may not have listened to the entire album. We can just hook up to that. Yeah, exactly, man. So let's get into uh, Soldier of Fortune, which I really love the guitar groove in this song. Uh, from the 2013 album, End of Disclosure, from Hypocrisy. Take it away. Take it away, boys.
Welcome back, kitties, to episode 150 of MSR Cats. This is part two of our 2013 Rewind, and I am Carrie G. Are you sure? Because you used the word kitties, and I remember a specific television character using that terminology on... Um, I am getting old, that's true, I'm, but I'm not the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, kitties. <laughs> I knew exactly where you're going. Yeah. We should we should get John Kasim to be one of our uh, voiceover guys. Oh fuck yes, <laughs> that'd be great. Um, welcome back, uh, John Michael. Yeah, that's JM. JM. And we also have our special guest, Sean from the Metal Pigeon. It's the Metal Pigeon himself. Hello. Let, let's let's talk about uh, the Metal Pigeon real quick before we move on. Um, if you haven't checked out themetalpigeon.com. Um, Sean goes on there and writes amazingly phenomenal, you know, stories about metal, man. He's, uh, really artistic and very, not autistic at all, <laughs> but, uh, your writing, man, it just, it, it blows me away every time I read one of your articles. Oh, thanks, man. No, you can pay me the five bucks later. I but... will. <laughs> okay, great. No, he'll give you more CDs. That's <laughs> <laughs> right. I'll take some, what, what, what band don't you like this week? <laughs> Did you hear that laugh? He was like, Haha, I don't think that's happening again, bud. <laughs> <laughs> Happen, what's the saying? You fool me once, shame yeah. on me. Yeah. Fool me, fool me twice, you never get any my CDs again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's let JM talk about the last band we heard. Oh, yeah. Uh, hopefully uh, this does not offend any of the listeners because this is – Supposed to be mainstream resistance, but the band that I chose again have tendency of being categorized into a mainstream band, but I still don't see uh, them as a mainstream band. Um, I know exactly why they they're pigeonholed in there is because they fucking sell out everything. Right. The the they sell concerts out. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Kill Switch Engage uh, the song is the band that you just heard, and it's off of the brand new album, Disarm the Descent. Um, I cannot tell you how pleased I was with this album. Um, it's definitely one of my top ten of the entire year. Uh, really? Yeah. I, well, the reason being is because I've been waiting years for this. This is like this was like my Axl Rose getting back with the other guys from Guns N' Roses moment. You know, the real Guns N' Roses. Yeah. That's what so, it was like for me. Yeah. Okay, so basically Howard Jones is not in the band anymore. Right, right. right. That was his name. He went back to the 80s. <laughs> Same guy, right? Yeah. Which he's actually doing some really cool shit, but I'll talk about that in a second. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, and Jesse Leach, um, who was the original vocalist uh, before they got signed and on their their debut album, um, That's when I saw them originally, was on that first album. Yeah, and I don't know exactly what happened. I mean, I, there's actually an interview. If you go search um, um, Dead Spelt on the Metal Injection search, you can actually see that I interviewed Jesse Leach, and um, he kind of talks about it a little bit, but I, I, don't, I don't indulge too much into it because I, I know that – I don't know. You guys, if anybody out there listens to Kevin Smith uh, and only in any of his – Smodco podcasts. It's like one of those. Which one? Which, which one? There's so many to choose from. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Well, I think that this one in particular was um, 
Hollywood Babylon, they were talking okay. about um, how he had seen Jason Ham. I don't want to go too far off in this, but basically, I don't like. Oh, oh you're talking about uh, John Ham, right? Yeah, yeah, I heard this yeah. recently. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't, I don't like uh, bothering people. For instance, I personally saw a corpse grinder in the fucking Target right by my That's right. place. And I was texting Carrie when it happened. I'm like, you know, dude, fucking corpse grinder's holding a Barbie in the fucking toy section with his daughter. <laughs> and he's like, go say hi to him. I'm like, I can't. I, I feel terrible. I don't want to interrupt him. I, you know, I, I did a head nod with him, and that was about it. You know, I didn't want to bug him. So Okay, so let me ask you this. Do you feel differently if you're at a concert and, and the guys are hanging out? Would you go bother them at a show like that? Um, not typically after the show, not unless I know him, but, um, I I can remember specifically back in the early 2000s when I went to a, a concert, um, I was, um, Byzantine concert. Um, I went, actually went up to OJ, the, the vocalist, guitarist and told him how amazing his performance was. He was the opening act and it was really, really good. Um, but from that point on, we'd actually become bros. So, um, it's a little different. I don't know, man. It's kind of weird for me. I got a quick little funny story about something almost like that, but completely in the wrong direction, man. Um, a while back when, okay, after Keith Caputo left Life of Agony the first time, right? Um, they got a replacement vocalist, which was Whitfield Crane, who used to being Ugly Kid Joe. Right, yeah. Remember this? Yeah. Well, me and my cousin uh, that was living with me for a while, for a long time, we uh, drove down to Austin because it was Life of Agony opening up for Anthrax, and I wasn't going to miss a fucking Anthrax show. Right. Uh, we were hanging out backstage in like the you know outside area, and we were uh, we we hung out with Joey Z a lot that day because he was just there before we got there really early, and we were just hanging out with him. And after the show. Um, which Crane comes up and my fucking cousin was drunk. Number one. <laughs> and, and basically said to him, dude, I like you a hell of a lot better in your last band. Oh man. Whitful Crane wanted to kick his ass. <laughs> oh, I was, bet man. I had to, I had to drag him the fuck out of there. And we had to, we had to drive back to Houston that night. And see, and that's, see, that's one of the things too. It's like, I don't want to have that, I don't want to have that confrontation for one for another. Yeah. I, you know, there's, there was a piece of advice. I can't remember who said it, but, um, God damn it. It's right on the tip of my tongue, but whoever the person was that said it, they said, don't meet your idols because they will be an asshole and you'll hate them. Yeah. I've, I've luckily, that's never really happened too much to me. It's happened to me a couple of times and I, I, I regret it. And I don't want to interrupt that. Plus, I mean, I, you know, this this whole little rant is going on because of uh, Jesse Leach had some problems um, when he was touring off the first album on Roadrunner Records. And I, I know that it had to do with his mind. It had to do with where he wasn't he wasn't ready for stuff, and he was just newly married, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. You know, I don't want to get into it, but. Um, Something very similar happened with Howard Jones. Um, something happened with him and his health, and um, he parted ways, and I don't know exactly what happened. And I honestly don't care to. I just want them to be playing music, you know. 
And I, sure. I hope that they're in a, in a good spot in their mind that they can actually use it as a, as a, um, an outlet to, you know, exploit themselves, uh, away from that pain. But, um, the, speaking, yeah, the, speaking like a true fanboy. Yeah, I mean that's yeah, I mean it's the truth, man. Kill There's some, nothing wrong with that either. Yeah, Kill Some to Gage is probably one of my favorite bands ever. You know, uh, every uh, and it's funny because I'm an agnostic atheist, a whatever you want to call me. I don't know the answers to life, whatever. But um, and Jesse Leach is actually a devout Christian, and all of his lyrics are pretty much Christian. Hmm. But the way he does it, he does it in a style that's um, very, very neutral. Yeah, you know, not in your face. Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, sometimes I don't know. Sometimes there's certain metal bands that kind of get too caught up in the whole image of being so negative and dark. Um, he's actually one of the very few vocalists that actually use positive lyrics in almost every song. You know, and it's very unique. And it's not like preaching or anything. It's just sure. You know, looking deep down inside, whatever. But I'm very happy to see that he's back with the band. They put out an, an amazing album. Um, if you buy their album on iTunes, you actually get a couple of bonus tracks, which are just as brutal as the first track that's on the album. I mean, they literally, the first song, they uh, they come right out the fucking gates with it. Oh, they brought it this time. Yeah. Oh, it's been brought in. Yeah. And the song that I picked was called The Call. I thought it was kind of kind of expressive of all the um the ranges within the um, the entire album um right on, man. yeah i think a lot of people also lose sight of what the history of the band band members of kill switch engage um have adam d actually does a lot more death vocals on this album than i think in previous albums um, he was actually a vocalist guitarist for a death metal band in Massachusetts called Aftershock. Now, a lot of people might not know that, but look it up and check it out. You might like it. Cool. And uh, before uh, Killswitch Engage, is another one of your picks. Yeah, Annihilator. Um, you know, the Canadian, the Canadian Megadeth. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? The, I don't. Have, where the fuck do these guys get all these riffs from, man? Oh my god, it's it's Jeff Waters, man. He, dude's a monster. Yeah. Um, I actually, uh, I think I heard this song per your recommendation and this album per your recommendation. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like Annihilator, but I'm not a gigantic fan of them. Um, right. I, isn't I, I, this song one of the ones that they re-released on their um? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, well, the song that we're, we played was called Deadlock, which is the opening track on the album. Okay. But there's a, there's a limited two-CD version of this album that is really cool because they went back and re-recorded a bunch of tracks from their early career before uh, their new current vocalist, mm-hmm. uh, which is, his name is Dave Patton, and he's been in the band for over 10 years now, so he's not you can't call him the new guy. Right. But they went back and recorded all these songs from... Like Alice in Hell and Never Neverland, and which those two albums were the pinnacle of, of Annihilator for me. Fucking especially Never Neverland, I love that album. Way back in 1990, but yeah, 
Wow, yeah. that was a long time ago. <laughs> I know. I've been been uh, my, my age has been checked all night tonight. I was talking with my my to be wife in thirty six days now, um, and uh, her bridesmaid, and we're talking about their ages now. They're younger than me, right? Um, and I'm like, I'm you know, I'm turning thirty five this year. And, you know, they're talking about coming to the point where they're about to turn 30. And I'm like, well. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, I got, you got nothing on me, dude. Yeah, I start, I started, you know, I started thinking about time and I'm like, where in the fuck did it go? Yeah, it, it, it definitely goes, man. In 10 years, I'll be pushing 50. In, um, yes, eight months, I'll be, I'll be hitting 40, so. (laughs) So uh, you have no reason to, to bitch. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'm not trying to bitch. It's just crazy the way time just gets away from you. It's even like, listening that this whole Kill Switch Engage deal, I lived in Maryland. Um, I was 23 when the first album came out. And I, you know, I've now I've been living in Florida for almost, it'll be nine years this March. Yeah, you know it's crazy. When I first started doing podcasts was nine years ago. Yep, that's the I've been almost ten years since uh, I started doing MSRcast. Wow, it's crazy to think that, huh? Yeah, fuck. Now that I've totally lowered the mood, and this really and this really does segue into our next um, track. This is really strange because um, a lot of the music on the the Oliva Raised a Curtain album. Um, was a lot of it was written by his brother John uh, Chris Oliva back in the day. A lot of the the, the riffs and the, some of the lyrics are that old. Wow! And a lot of the music on there talks about death and where does time gone and all this kind of like morbid curiosity thing. And it's a man. I I cannot get enough of this Oliva album. I went and saw him a few months ago in December. Uh, he sort of did like a, you know, storytellers type of vibe show and played songs from his career and you know it was like him and then a couple other guys from John Oliva's Pain. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, yeah, we talked yeah. about it before. And oh, crap, dude, this, I love this album. Do you have it on your Spotify account? I probably do because I think I'm gonna have to follow it. Yeah, it's a really, really, really good album. It is a good album, and it's um. It's one of those records like where uh, it's it's just a nice thing to have if you're a Sabotage fan because this is mm-hmm. technically the last uh, you'll ever hear of Chris Oliva, um, and that's you know I don't know it made what I went back and listened to it since you had uh, talked about it with me before and um, right and I, after I listened to it I was like yeah that really did sound good that was like and it made me dig out some old Sabotage albums like. Um, I remember like right after that I pulled out Edge of Thorns, which I haven't listened to in like five years, and started listening to that like all day. And it was, it was pretty good, pretty nice to get back to Sabotage. John, I John Oliva is one of those um, songwriters that does not get enough credit. He is really a living legend. In his music is so good. His I love his vocal style. Number one. Um, and he can go any you know he ha- he does have a range on his vocals too. T- yeah, I mean, people are like, oh well, you know, he he is like one style, but he can really pull some emotion out of his voice, man. It's, and 
it's amazing to think how popular Trans-Siberian Orchestra is, and mm-hmm. it's essentially just a sabotage side project, you know? Yeah, and yeah, he's not very happy about that. Yeah. It was, I think he was calling him Trans-Siberian Railroad the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> when we were seeing him, yeah. But uh, yeah, everybody check out this song, and then check out the whole album. If you do have Spotify, or just go out and, and purchase the album. The album is called Raise the Curtains. And it really is a lost sabotage album, in my opinion. Let's uh, go after Soul Chaser right now. John Oliva. Hey, this is John Oliva, and you are listening to the MSR. Crank it up until your ears bleed.
You're listening to Falkenbach's Ewer Ruin off the Asa album. Uh, when We're still listening to it, or we just listened to it? You just listened to it. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> uh, That's like one of those old promos that I used to get that, that have that you are listening to this new album. Oh, yeah, Nuclear Blast do that all the time. Um, yep. Anyway, this uh, this is one of those, those bands that um, has been around for <clears throat> pretty much 20 years, and you don't even realize that they've been around for 20 years. It's really just one guy uh, who's played with some you know buddies of his and has basically formed a core group that puts out album after album after album in really, really quiet fashion. But this one... Mm-hmm. was maybe the best produced of all of the Falkenbach albums. I think it's uh it's it's folk metal done right. And folk metal is a really hard thing to do and it's a hard thing it's an easy thing to, to turn into what I consider really jokey, corny folk metal stuff like Corpacolani and and yeah. sadly which I Ailstorm and stuff like that. Yeah, Ailstorm trash like that. And and, st- and unfortunately I, I really hate saying this, but I saw them about a month or so ago, I saw Finn Troll alive, and when they walked out on stage with pointy ears, that was pretty much it for me. It's 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 a joke now. Um, it's sad to see a band like that go by the wayside. But if you want to listen to good folk metal, I recommend Falkenbach, especially this album, Asa in particular. Um, and and a band that we played last episode, Tear. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, both of them have a way with uh, emotion. Like the song we just played, Erwin, it's such a like a mournful ballad, and it has mm-hmm. uh, just this great sense of epic melancholy that's understated. It's not shoved in your face, or or there's not really tacky instrumentation there. It's just really understated and tasteful. Um, definitely made my both of my uh, songs and albums lists. So they're not delicious Twinkies? Yes. <laughs> Sweet. Um, okay, so what we heard before uh, Falkenbach, um, I was going back and forth of whether I really wanted to include this, but ultimately, I, of course, I had to. Um, Devin Townsend put out The Retinal Circus in 2013, which was sort of, uh, if you go back and listen to a previous episode of MSRcast, you will actually hear him talk all about it. We're just shameful plugging away tonight, man. <laughs> it's okay, though. Um, the song I picked was Kingdom, which is a track that he re-recorded recently because he wasn't happy with the way it originally came out. Um, and the Retinal Circus, man, it's such a good time. I I finally just got the DVD with like the CD, the little the, the Digipack collection of it. And I'm looking to put together a Devin Townsend viewing party one night with some of my local Devin Townsend nerds. Pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm a huge fan. There's not much I can say about, you know, Heavy Devi, I guess, (laughs) that if you're not a a fan, if you don't listen to him, seek him out, dude. Check out... I think the Retinal Circus is a good place to start because... It's a good combination of all of his different styles, and it even has like some strapping Aladdin music in there, and you know some of the acoustic stuff that he's been doing, and it's just a good um, viewpoint on his career, really. A good cross section of his. Yeah. Uh, what, do you know where it was recorded? It was recorded in London, live in London. 
the video, the movie, the DVD is, it's, it's wacky, dude. Yeah. Um, Steve Vai narrates the whole thing. And oh, cool. It's a big, it's a huge, long narrative story piece, and the songs fit into the narrative. So cool. It's, yeah. it's very, very interesting if you have not watched it yet. And um, who do we have before Devin Townsend? Olivia. Oliva. No, Oliva. No, no, her name is Olivia. Ah. I'm going to tell your uh, soon-to-be wife about her then. (laughs) Okay, his name is John Olivo. There you go. (laughs) Yeah, uh, that song was Soul Chaser from the Raise the Curtains uh, Lost Sabotage album released under Oliva. (laughs) I'd love to see him come back uh, with, like, you know, John Oliva's pain and just just get... I mean, the reason why I didn't go to that show, that's the Storyteller show, is that I was kind of... I wanted to hear, you know, heavy metal uh, Oliva. I want, I want to hear Hall of the Mountain King, the entire album done all at once, you know? You, so. I, I tried to get you to go, man, and you did miss out a, a great fucking show. Yeah, yeah, probably. Not that I'm rubbing it in your face or anything, yeah. but... If he ever comes back again, you definitely yeah, have to go see I'll him. definitely go. And he remembered me from the interview, too. And he and I, when we got a picture together, he did some weird monkey thing. <laughs> yeah, it was very, very strange. I'll, I'll, if you go to msarchives.com, I'll post that picture under the show notes for this episode. And, yeah, it, just, it was I, – I wish he did a, a, a normal picture, but, you know, what are you going to do? One more thing about him. He's such a – a good interview too. Anytime he's mm-hmm. on any show, uh, my friend of mine, um, Dr. Metal from the metal meltdown in Cleveland interviewed him and he went for like an hour and a half just telling old sabotage stories. It was like just freaking amazing just to, to listen to that. Yeah, man, he was doing that at the, uh, storytellers show too. He would told a lot of old school stories. So nice. So speaking of an old school band that I'm a huge fan of that start off, uh, it pretty much as a Christian metal band, uh, Trouble put a new album out in 2013, and it's very different. Uh, unfortunately, one of my favorite vocals of all time, Eric Wagner, is no longer in Trouble, but they got a great replacement in Kyle Thomas, who used to be in, in I almost said exhumed. I've exhumed on my mind. <laughs> Exhorter is the band, not Exhorter. is on my mind. Oh, right? That's like a bad country song. Yeah. Um, you can get, see where I mixed up. Exhumed, Exhorter. They both start with ZX. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, he brings, man, this soulful, bluesy style to some of the, the songs on the album. And I think we've talked about it before. Some of the songs are, they're a little bit different. In they're not... Typical trouble, you know, sounding what you would think a tr- typical trouble sound would be, but the guitar tones are there, the dual guitars, and it's definitely a trouble album in its heart. And I, I, it's really a lot of fun. The song that I picked to play is called Hunters of Doom, and it is in the old school traditional style of trouble. So let's get into something from the distortion field. Something I picked from one of my favorites of the past year.
welcome back, everybody. We are straight out of hell, and guiding us on this awesome trip with MSR Cast on the 2013 Rewind Part Two. That was Halloween with their song, part, huh? I was gonna say Part Do. Part Do. Well, the song was called "World of War." It was picked by you, Carrie G. How could I not pick a Halloween album for my favorite of the year? Yeah, that's true. I am a huge Halloween um, fanboy. Man, this man, this this album, it's weird. Okay, do you ever ha- listen to an album and you listen to it so much for a while that you get annoyed of it? Yes. Yeah. And then you go back to it later and you go, "Oh, this album's so good." Yeah. Yes. All the time. And it just and it just takes on a whole totally different meaning. Yeah. That's how I feel about Straight Out of Hell. <laughs> And it does not hurt that there's a hidden uh, Jack Skellington uh, pumpkin head on the front cover. Yeah, that's pretty badass. I remember when that... That is pretty cool. We were talking about that on the Metal Geeks podcast, I believe. Exactly. MetalGeeksPodcast.com. <laughs> Cha-ching! <laughs> but yeah, man, uh, Andy Darius has been in the band so long now, you can't say he's a new vocalist. He's been in the band, like, I'd say 20 years. Yeah. yeah. Definitely longer than uh, Kiski. So Yeah. yeah. It, I'm going to their yeah I'm going to their wiki page and they have that timeline graph bar. Yeah, he's been in the yeah the band he's been in the band for 20 years now. Jeez, 1994. Yeah, it's crazy when you think about how short a t- period of time Kai Hansen was in the original lineup. Um, it wasn't even a decade, I don't think. No, dude, it was. I'm um, looking at it, 1984 to 1989. All right, yeah, five years. But, you know, of course, you know, the, the flip side of it is just how impactful he was during that time. But they have a great lineup now. Yeah. They've been doing great albums since, um, since you know, 2000. So, uh, and I actually did listen to this the other week. And it, it's just quality Halloween record. Um, mm-hmm. I Sometimes Darius does get on my nerves just a little bit. But he always has enough good stuff in his voice to make me, you know, let a lot of those things go. He does have a. He definitely has a unique quality to his voice. Yeah, and he just put out a solo album too, which is very, very strange. Oh wow! Yeah, I so didn't even realize that was that was coming out. Yeah, it just. I'll have to get you a, a copy. Cool. Because I don't know. I might interview for it. I mean, I think that'd be a good uh, MSRcast episode. Yeah. I've had one vocalist from Halloween, and I should get another one now. Right. <laughs> So yeah, Straight Out of Hell came out in 2013. Definitely makes my um, top. I'd probably my top ten of the year. Nice. It's come back. It's come back around. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, another shot of life. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Not even sure what happened there, but that was great. <laughs> I, I sort of broke down there. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta go watch those uh, clips on YouTube about the uh, the, the breaking down uh, or the newscaster blooper reels. Like these women have strokes or whatever while they're trying to give these interviews. And it's <laughs> so funny because they start going like, "Hi, I'm here with this whole." It's like what? <laughs> I've done that at work before, man. Oh. It's like. Doing interviews with people, I'm just like, oh, what? Uh, uh, what? <laughs> That's great. Because he, 
there's so much shit that I got to worry about when I'm doing an interview, you know? Yeah. Like, I got to make sure it's in focus. I got to make sure the lighting's right and everything is, like, you know, in my mind. And I'm just like, what? That's wonderful. Well, you know what you kind of just did? You kind of choked. I did. I did choke a little bit. See, Segway Master is back. Uh, The song you heard before Halloween was a a song that I actually picked. um, It was called Choke uh, from a band called Death Ray Vision. I don't know if anybody out there listens to this album. Um, We Ain't Leaving Till You're Bleeding, which is... uh, I I think this is also one of my top ten albums. It was very, very thrashy and hardcore-ish. Yeah. Um, If anybody listens to Shadows Fall, you obviously recognized Brian Fair's voice. Um, vocals in the song, but you know you may not have recognized some of the uh, the, the instruments uh, being uh, behind them. Uh, a lot of the people that were in that band, Overcast, actually were in this band too. Um, Mike Diatano from Killswitch Engage, he's the bassist. Uh, Colin Conway, who is not of any of those bands, but he used to play with All That Remains. Um, and also, I can never say their name right, so I'm just going to spell it. Or, you know, I'm going to try to say it. Can. <laughs> I don't know. C-A-N-N-A-E. That's the name of the band. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Can I? Can I? Can yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they were a good band. Yeah. Uh, Zach Wells, who... Um, doesn't have any history on on his background, which is kind of weird. But uh, Pete Corsese, uh, Corsese, he's actually he was ex Seamless, ex uh, Killswitch Engage, and an Overcast. You know, so he's kind of seasoned. Uh, he was playing guitars, and also, yeah. uh, like I said, uh, Brian Fair vocals, who was also the vocalist of Overcast back in the day. So it's pretty cool because if you're an Overcast fan, then you kind of got an Overcast album again, but with new members and a and a little bit more of a a uh, crisp sound. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a fun album. It it has a good beat and you can dance to it. <laughs> and you know, they they actually released this on a um, on an, on a label called Bullet Tooth. Um, they were very cool actually about us. Kind of promoting the band a little bit in the release on Instagram, um, they were cool about it. They were like, "Hey, thanks. You know, you like the album, yeah. You know, so they they acknowledged it. It's pretty cool." Yeah, I always like when um, you know labels or bands you know acknowledge that there's people out there you know pimping them out. Yeah, um, Century Media, I think it was, just did that with uh, the Iced Earth album too. That exactly, they just did that yeah. to my own, own personal page. It's kind of cool. Cool. And uh, before Death Ray Vision, it, isn't that what uh, Superman had in the last Man of Steel movie? Hey man, I actually loved it. I love the movie. Uh, well, well, we'll 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 hold that till a Metal Geeks episode. Okay. Um, with Trouble, Hunters of Doom, um, from the album The Distortion Field, it that again definitely in my top ten of the past year. Um, huge Trouble fan. You just and, like getting uh, in trouble. That's all. I, I do. It's it's hard to find their name sometimes too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So, um, I, let's take a few minutes and talk about a couple of, um, you know, maybe honorable mentions that we didn't actually wind up playing. Okay. Um, I'll go first. I have a couple here. Um, one that I definitely want to mention is this band that I just got into recently, and I was playing them for you earlier tonight, Sean, is Black Crown Initiate. Yes. Um, I just found out about them. They, they put an EP out, a four-song EP, uh, out in late 2013, and they're going to be touring, opening up the Behemoth Tour. So, and I, I just absolutely fell in love with these guys. It was this band, man. They're, 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 they have a lot of progressive style to it. They're, Brutal, brutal vocals, but I'm trying to figure out a way to describe them. Maybe a cross between a little bit of like what between the buried to me does, you know, like they change styles all the time and like Ocean of the Slumber. And it was very complex sounding. Yeah, and it's just such a great album. And like the fourth song on the EP borrows themes that were introduced on the first song, and it's just a a complete package and it's and it's not that long either. I w- I'm waiting for more from these guys. And uh actually you don't have to wait much longer because uh I've actually put my uh put a word out to them and we're going to have them on MSR cast soon as a as a guest for an I- interview. Oh, cool. Nice. So maybe we'll wait until after uh the tour starts so we can get a little behind the scenes tour info. Sweet. Um, another one that I wanted to mention is that they put out an EP this past year is the band Varga. I loved Varga in the late nineties, man. They, they, uh, totally different sounding what they are now though. This album that just came out, uh, you can look for it on Spotify. It is there. It's called beginning of, or actually it's called enter the metal. <laughs> and it's, they went back to their pr- proggy metal side. And if you're a fan of like Voivod and things like that, you would like you were gonna you're gonna dig these guys. Um, they're from Canada, of course, as well. And every song on the EP um, tells a narrative story, which I like that. You know what I mean? It actually has a beginning, middle, and an end to the story in the song. That's that's cool to me. Yeah, I uh, definitely am a fan of concept type stuff like that too. Um, last one, if I'd, I'd be remiss not to mention, would probably be the new Anthrax covers EP. Oh yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I'll throw that up there with myself too. Uh, not me as being one of the best albums, but um, <laughs> I'll agree with exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah, actually, I, I I bought a physical copy of that too. I did too. And I bought very few physical copies of any kind of CDs this past year, and that was one of them. Yeah, I got it for five bucks at Fye. Yep. Good deal. Their Boston cover was awesome. Their um, yeah, pretty much everything on that album was phenomenal. <laughs> Looking forward to the new album that's supposed to be uh, coming out. They're working on it right now. Twelve songs are written, so yeah. hopefully soon. And we just may have a member of that band on one of the other podcasts, but we'll talk about that another time. So that's right. yeah, um, I will actually give you mine. My uh, my honorable mentions. I. <sighs> I'd be hesitant to want to put these guys on my the, the entire uh, list because I had a lot of competition. Um, right. But the new album from Hate was phenomenal. Uh, Solar Flash was so brutal. And, you know, they lost their bases this year. Um, That's right. I remember that. Last past year. So, you know, 
I don't know how it's going to affect them going forward, but um, they're from Poland, aren't they? Yeah. Oh my god, dude! They put on a killer live show. Those are my people. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I have a feeling that I just saw them live recently, opening really? for Mayhem. I believe they were in town. I could be a hundred percent wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure it was Hate that was playing that night. You know, I mean, they didn't stop touring. I know that. But did you hate the show? Did you hate them? Oh no! I, or did you love them? I loved them. It, it was they were opening for Mayhem alongside uh, some other band that they kicked the ass of. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, they they were great. When when I saw them, I saw them at the um, the original Brass Mug, which is apparently very legendary within the uh, Tampa Bay death metal community. Um, it's where all the bands got their start, like Death. Um, Deicide, Morbid Angel, all those bands, and I saw them playing that, and they actually closed down that that place not long afterwards. But I saw Melikesh and uh, oh yeah, um, nice. um, Hate and um, Abigail Williams play, cool. which was pretty cool. Yeah, it was uh, very. Oh, that very was the band. Play. Yeah, Abigail Williams. Sorry, <laughs> but the. Uh, the band hate when they were up there, you know, I was kind of sitting in the back. I don't, I don't like get up into the mosh pits or anything. And they were just fucked. The, the, the vocalist was just like staring me down the whole fucking time. It was so creepy. Like he literally <laughs> had his eyes on me the entire fucking time. And his two warriors of, of British or uh, Polish, like, muscular Polish guys doing windmills the whole time. It was like, oh my God, he's going to fucking kill me. <laughs> what, else do you, what else is on your list there, buddy? Oh, sorry. I know. I'm, I don't know why I'm saying buddy a lot. Sorry, buddy. Um, okay there, guy. <laughs> uh, the Block Value Murder, Ever Black, was really good. Um, definitely was not as good as I was hoping it was going to be um, because their album before that was fucking mint there was nothing that could touch that in my opinion but um that's a band i can never get into me too yeah i think that i think they're one of those bands that you kind of either you love or you hate them and i fucking love them i wish that guy would just put a shirt on sometimes and you know the thing is about uh trevor he's actually a fucking huge geek is he really yeah we we got to get him on the show that's hey yeah let's do it and he loves fucking like gore metal and he fucking loves comics. He's a fucking big geek. Anyways, um, I think it was Jason Sukoff, I think his name is. He's mm-hmm. the guy in Orlando, Audio Hammer. They, they, I don't know. They seem to kind of like monopolize on, on metal bands recently. And it's not really making a distinguished sound, in my opinion. I think. Isn't he, uh, he's the guy that, um, What's the name of the band with Ripper Owens he was in? Oh, yeah. Um, uh, Charred Walls of the Damned. Yeah, there you go. He's the guy that's in the wheelchair, isn't he? Yeah, oh, my God. I have a fucking story about that guy. I was in... Let's, oh, I'm sorry. I have to tell ahead. you. Uh, I was in a fucking bathroom at the... Um, I was seeing Cannibal Corpse play. And I had to use the bathroom. Black Dye Murder was there. Cannibal Corpse. And... Another band, I can't remember. Whatever. I go and use the bathroom, and as I'm in the stall, I hear this guy fucking screaming, like, <laughs> like, 
I want to get in the fucking bathroom store. He, like, starts doing growls and everything. Starts, <laughs> you know, banging on the doors and everything. And when I walk out the bathroom stall, there he is doing fucking circles in his wheelchair. And, like, kind of, like, messing with the person who was in the bathroom, like, monitoring everybody. It was so fucking weird. funny. Yeah, it was very weird. That's, that's disturbing a little bit. Yeah. Of course, I didn't approach him because not only was it awkward, but I was in the bathroom. I wanted to go wash my hands. Yeah. I don't talk to people in the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of weird, too. Keep your, <laughs> keep your head down and keep to yourself. Yeah. yeah I know. Exactly. It's like he's just screaming in the bathroom, fucking hitting on the bathroom stall doors and doing spins in his fucking wheelchair and popping wheelies. So, Sean, do you have any uh, honorable mentions that you would like to go into? Yeah, the thing about, you know, writing out best of lists like I have to is that mm-hmm. at the <laughs> it's up there for everyone to see for all time. And then there's usually something you'll find out that you missed. And the, the thing that I found out that I missed was uh, Atlantean Codex is a band from Germany. They just released an album called The White Goddess. And uh, it's maybe the most important... Uh, power metal album I think released in the past five years because it's getting a lot of critical attention from mainstream media that normally would ignore power metal and and, you know epic heavy metal and stuff like that Um, Pitchfork reviewed it Stereogum reviewed it Uh, I just wrote an article on the Metal Pigeon talking about how it's um, getting a lot of you know getting a lot of media run from non-traditional metal sources the album itself is just it's just flat out amazing. It's like it's like Manowar meets Bathory. It's a great combination. Wow. It's really it's it's the most epic album I've heard and it should have been on my best of list, yeah. And it, we're playing it this evening though. Yes, we are. Uh, uh we we'll, we will get to that in just a minute cuz we have two epic uh bands that are going to round up this episode. Yep. Um so I guess that's gonna leave us close to the end of, the, of our of our show tonight. Yeah. Um, let's let everybody know where they can get a hold of us. Well, you can find us on www.msrcast.com. You can find us on Instagram at msrcast, on Twitter at msrcast, on the Facebook is it msrcast official. Yep. And you can you can email us msrcast at gmail dot com. You can find us as well on iTunes. Look for MSRcast. Look for Metal Injection on iTunes and subscribe and make a, a, you know, leave some feedback. Let us know that you're listening, that you like the show. We've been doing it for almost 10 years now, so we're not stopping. Yeah. Keep I got some, I got a lot of killer interviews lined up in the next few months and next episode after this, this might be a little band called Primal Fear. Nice. Very cool. So yeah. Um, thank you again to Sean. <coughs> Let everybody know where they can get a hold of you. Uh, yeah, the the website's at uh, themetalpigeon.com. I'm a, uh, you can find me on Twitter and Facebook at themetalpigeon for both of those, and um, you can email me at themetalpigeon at gmail.com. So uh, to round up this this epically metal year, um, we're going to end with what Sean picked out, Atlantean Codex. Uh, the song is called 12 Stars and an Azure Gown. It's a weird song title, yeah. dude, I gotta tell you. <laughs> and, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna, that's to be the last song of the evening, and we're gonna start 
this this last set of music with a band that is probably number one for la- for the past year for me, and that's Witherscape, Dan Swano's project, whom we interviewed for this project on MSRCast a few months ago. Uh, the song is called The Wedlock Observation from the album The Inheritance, and this album is the perfect blend of progressive death metal. It's it's the, the sound is immaculate. Uh, the lyrics are amazing. The lyrics are actually written for uh, for the whole album by Paul Kerr from November's Doom. Cool. So that gives you a lot right there. Yeah. Who we uh, are working on getting a couple members from November's Doom. They're going into the studio this weekend as we speak to come on to the Metal Geeks podcast and uh, talk about the recording of the album and geek out with us some more. Tell them their names. Tell them their names. Uh, one might be a uh, Mr. Paul Kerr, and the other one might be Mr. Larry Roberts, Sir Larry Roberts, <laughs> whom uh, of, is of, very, of the very MS. fucking cool. And, yeah, man. And if you listen to MSR Cast and you love their music, um, I, I highly recommend listening to the podcast, uh, Metal Geeks podcast. If you if you don't want to listen to them all, just listen to the ones with. Uh, November's Doom on it, or or um, fucking Ian Robinson, or whatever, you know? Yeah, man. You go to MSRCast.com, you can uh, actually find both of our podcasts on there, um, or you can go to MetalGeeksPodcast.com as well, but yeah, we try to get a lot of a uh, wide variety of guests to come on. Actually, um, Metal Geeks number 24 features Larry Roberts from November's Doom, and then right after that, MSRcast number 145 it features Larry Roberts from Never Was Doomed. So it's like a cool two-parter, you know what I mean? Yeah. And we're probably end up doing that again. Yeah, that's a lot of fun, man. We need to get uh, Ian Robinson, who was on Metal Geese Podcast. We need to set him up on MSRcast soon, man. Yeah, have him do a playlist. That'd be cool. Yeah, exactly. So, and thanks Matt for Harvey. tuning in. And Matt Harvey, definitely, man. Um, we Anybody that's metal and geeky, we want, we want you on our show. So if you're listening to us on MSRcast, contact us at, contact us at MSRcast at gmail.com. And that goes for all of you guys out there who are in signed metal bands that we could possibly be playing you on here. Um, you, you don't even have to be signed, honestly, but any of these bands that we've played on the list or any of the back catalog, if you're a geek, contact us. We want you on our fucking shows. We want you, just like the old military posters. Or Captain America. Or Captain America, hell yeah. <laughs> um, so, thanks again to my good buddies here. What's up, buddy? Buddy. <laughs> What's up there, guy? <laughs> um, let's get into uh, a little bit of Witherscape. Any any final comments, Sean? Um, thanks for having me on. This has been fun. No, nah, not really. <laughs> <laughs> no, <I'm joking. laughs> no, I, I actually, I, I've... I've enjoyed having you on here, Sean, because you're you're very articulate with your um, with your thoughts, and and I think it's really like you're kind of like the professor of metal. <laughs> That's a good. I'm going to start calling you Professor Metal. Nice. <laughs> so thanks again to my co-host JN Metal Geek and Professor Metal here from the MetalPigeon.com. <laughs> Keep it metal, guys. Approaching the home that I made him believe.
Listening to another fine podcast brought to you by MSR Productions. All rights reserved, blah, 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 blah. For reviews, archives of our podcasts, and all your other metal geekery needs, please visit MSRCast.com. Metal or die! Let's enter metal all the time! Yeah!